We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the rookie-to-rookie rookie action. Outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way. And he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? And welcome to the Uncontested podcast. Coming to you live Wednesday, June 1st. It is officially draft month on the NBA calendar. We are just about three weeks away from the NBA draft. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. And we've got the squad here tonight. I'm joined by Taylor Peterson. What's up, fellas? We've got Komi Armoravian. I'm going to turn and burn because I got the need for speed, man. We've got J.D. Silva. Fellas. And we have Nick Crane. Not going to lie, that intro gets me hype. I was kind of tired, you know, logging onto the pod, and now I, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Hey, just imagine what it's going to look <laughs> like just after just ripped his shirt off on the live stream. Shotgun he didn't really do that if you're, listening, if you're listening to the pod. <laughs> he didn't actually do that. Uh, gentlemen, we got the finals tomorrow night. At most, we have seven games of basketball left. Draft scuttle, draft rumors, uh, all of the things are starting to trickle out. We are at kind of peak time for really for teams that are in the draft and for the NBA itself. Uh, really, really fun times. Before we get started with some draft talk, I got to ask you guys, tomorrow, Boston in San Francisco, who you guys got taking game one? Game one, Golden State. Dubs, Warriors. Yep. It pains me to say it. it <laughs> All pains me right, to say it, but it's true. I, uh, I'm sure yeah. you guys loved Ramona Shelbourne's uh, hit piece on ESPN about how the Golden State Warriors have risen from the ashes whenever Kevin Durant left them. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! What a what a uh, struggling franchise. <clears throat> so dumb. And, uh, like, like, really, was, like, really, the Thunder. The Thunder should be relocated because they weren't able to rebound after KD's departure like the Warriors were able to. I mean, and look at week. how bad the Warriors Goodness. were for two seasons. 
missed the playoffs, winning multiple titles and setting the record for wins in a season. Yeah. It's they weren't a black eye though, at least. Yeah, that's right. True. The black eye of the league, baby. Uh, All right. Well, speaking of being the black eye of the league, let's talk about, we're just kind of in this, in this mosh pit of draft coverage, right? That's like, all anybody wants to talk about, but it's the most pressing thing for this team. So since we recorded on Sunday, two mock drafts have come out. Uh, we want to kind of go through those and then talk about where those mocks have the thunder at. So first one, uh, ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni dropped his latest mock, which has the Oklahoma City Thunder taking Chet Holmgren at pick number two. He's got Jabari Smith Jr. going number one. Uh, so for the Thunder picks for Gavoni, uh, Chet at two, Usman Jang at 12, Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame at 30, and then Kendall Brown from Baylor at pick 34. Jonathan Wasserman of Bleacher Report also dropped a new mock draft, uh, which also has Chet going number two to the Thunder. He has Jalen Duran at 12, also has Blake Wesley at 30, now, 34 has the Thunder taking Christian Coloco out of Arizona. <laughs> Guys, just initial thoughts on those two mocks. What are your thoughts, uh, feelings, opinions, uh, collectively at each individual pick? Um, Taylor, let's start with you. Yawn. <laughs> like, very much. Um, I mean, we all know how tight-lipped OKC is as an organization. Um, I think Chet will get into that very likely for pick number two, even with all of the analysts and scouts, et cetera, who are linking him to OKC, the Jane pick, uh, even the Wesley pick, the Kendall Brown pick, all picks or all prospects. I think that um, fit what Pressy typically looks for in prospects, uh, maybe unproven guys with high upside that he can potentially develop uh, in a strong player development program. And so I think that's where a, a draft analyst like a Jonathan Gavoni gets up from. And then on the, the Bleacher Report mock from a friend of the podcast, Wasserman, he's been on before. Durant at 12 just seems lazy to me. I don't want to put him on blast like that, but I would be shocked. Tell me uh, I why. Know, I, I know Nick is high on Durant. Tell me I just why. Think, and I like Durant. He, he possesses some un, untapped potential. I know he was in a very limited role in Memphis, but... I just struggled to see him being versatile on the offensive end of the floor as a true five. Um, a lot of explosion. He'll be he'll bow down low defensively, but I don't know if he truly possesses a lot of the qualities that we're seeing in this current iteration of the Thunder in terms of being. I mean, we saw some flashes of creation. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a good creator. Can't put the ball on the floor all that well unless he's close to the basket in the mid range. Um, he, we saw some mid-range flashes from him, but nothing consistent to make me think he's going, going to be a good shooter. To me, it just seems like everybody who's mocking Duran at 12 to the Thunder, it's just Thunder need a big. Duran's the best young prospect on the board with untapped potential. Let's mock him to OKC. I wouldn't be devastated if the Thunder drafted Duran. I just would be pretty surprised, honestly. Follow-up uh, question. Why would Are they you... take Duran at 12? Uh, I, I, like, I, I like the idea of Wesley. Again, it kind of fits what I talked about in that first mock. But then Coloco at 34, why would you take two yeah. center prospects like that? They're Chet, very, Coloco, very similar. and Duran. If you come out with out Durin of this draft and Chet, Chet, Coloco, and Duran, I'm just kind of like, what? That doesn't make any what, sense. What are you, Sorry, what Nick. Are you doing? What were you saying? Uh, I was just yeah. going to ask, like, it sounds like you're not a huge fan of Duran at 12, which which is fine. Are you 
anti center at 12 if Chet is taken or like, like Mark Williams? Would you prefer to have him or are you just like, oh, you take Chet, <laughs> don't take a center at 12? I'm going to save the majority of this for when we go on our, uh, we have a segment coming Give up about our teaser. risers and fallers. But the teaser here, Nick, is that at picks two and pick, tw- and, and, and look, Chet, I don't consider to be. I mean, he'll play the center, but I don't consider him to be of the Williams or the Duran type of big man. So all that to say, I would take a versatile wing or a versatile player like a Jed at two and 12. I, I would not take his center until you're at least like, man, I don't know, maybe not even 30 or 34. Like so, I, that, That's kind of why I like the Gaboni mock. I, um, because he has us taking, look, Chet, Jang, Blake Wesley, Kendall Brown, all wings, right? With the exception of Chet. Um, but that's just a bunch of high upside guys that you can bring into the system and develop. I don't know about throwing them all out there on the team at once or having them all on the team at once. Like at a certain point, there's too many mouths to feed. You can't develop all those players at once. Although I know Sam would probably uh, disagree with that. <laughs> he has a lot of faith in this organization as I do. That seems like a little too much, but all that to say, I just, Nick, I, I don't know if I take a center in this draft Unless it's like pick thirty or thirty-four. So, question for Kamiar: Like, I'm I'm team. You take best available. Screw the position. You'll figure it out later. You, if you if you end up taking four guards and they're the four best players you think are for the team, you do it. And you, I mean, this roster is going to turn over so much. Like, you'll figure it out. But in terms of projects, Kamiar, if you take Chet at two, like I think we all would agree his upside is super high. He could be a unicorn prospect. But there's a lot of development physically and as a basketball player. Do you feel comfortable after taking him at two, taking a guy like Zhang, or would you prefer somebody that's a little bit higher of a floor? That's interesting, man. I, I've been doing a, a little bit more research on Yuswan Zhang for a minute. Um, I, I really like the upside, right? Uh, he's, He's a big wing, um, OKC, uh, the things that they've needed. That they've got the guard position kind of locked down really already. I mean, I mean, even uh, we mentioned it last podcast, even Giddy plays guard. He plays on boss point guard. And so you you still need some forwards, some bigger forwards, uh, some big, bigger wings. And Duran, uh, like I know to, to that other point, Duran, like the only thing that scares me about him, he's a pure center and like good teams have pure centers at least. Uh, but he's only six, nine, even though his wingspan seven, five. But um, I would go with Usman Jing just because he's shown the ability offensively to be kind of a microwave uh, mid range jumpers there. He can get off the floor pretty quickly. Um, I worry about, I mean, like if it, if his stroke for mid range is there, and his but his his free throw percentage is like only like 68 percent and so i worry about what he could do um uh as 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 a three-point shooter i think he shot what i don't did he shoot less than 30 percent last year it was like 28 29 28 or 29 yeah yeah so i mean like there's something it's something to work with he's not obviously an old guy that's coming out of college um but i uh i i I would go with somebody like jang just because I, I know what you're getting in Dyson Daniels, right? Um, you, you, you know what you're getting, kind of. Um, and Jang is a little bit more unknown, and OKC wants guys like on a nightly basis, like kind of like the Warriors, right? 
that could give you up 10 points if they needed to. And I think Usman Jang is a guy that could give you those 10 points if you actually needed him on one on a night. In typical Taylor fashion, I have a screenshot for this, Kamiar. I'm with you. I, I understand the concerns about his his shooting. But over the last, I believe it was, ten, yeah, final 10 games, he shot uh, 51% from the four, 36% from three, 63% from the free throw line, which that's 63% from the free, the free throw, throw line. Throw, me the, the free throw line that's is a concerning. little worrisome. Yeah. Nick, you've been asking the questions, so it's my turn to flip the table on you. I think everything that Kamiar hit on with Jang uh, is right on the nose. The more I look into Jang, long, lanky, ball-handling, wing, struggles with the shot, can make some fancy passes, looks like he could be a good defender. You going Poku here? Is that what you're getting at? 100%. Like You already <laughs> have Poku on the roster. Do you want, as far as the project is concerned, Jang is kind of like Poku 2.0 maybe a little farther along at this point because Jang's playing Australian ball and Poku was playing against 35-year-old guys with two mortgages in Greece. <laughs> but it's kind of the same type type of project. Do you want two of those same types of players that just have this crazy wide variance that need a, a an extremely long runway? Uh, or do you think that's that's too redundant? Um, Part of me does think it's a bit redundant, and I think there will be guys at 12 that you could argue are are much more guaranteed to be productive NBA players. Maybe not stars, maybe not as high of a ceiling, but like Johnny Davis, if, if he's there at 12 and Jang's there at 12, like you could argue Jang's probably the funner pick probably fits what the thunder need in the short to medium term. But if I had to put money on who ends up, who's still in the league in eight years playing 10 minutes a game or more, Johnny Davis probably every day of the week. Um, on the flip side, Sam loves bites at the apple. And just like you have many bites at the apple to draft great players in the lottery and hope that teams like the Clippers have a down year the year you have their pick. I almost wonder if at some point you take more and more bites at projects. And if maybe it's Poku and then Jang, and then a year from now he takes another project and one of the three works out and ends up being way better than expected. I think one out of three would be positive right like if one of those three guys ends up being a starting caliber player or a fringe starter bench player long term i think you're okay and i wonder about the current i wonder about that in tandem with the current iteration of the thunder what they're trying to do on the floor in comparison to the katie russ harden era like it's just different definitely i i think it's it's really fascinating. Something that Derek Murray brought up on the pod a couple of weeks ago now that I also think is is interesting when considering these mock drafts. Taylor mentioned it earlier that um, at, at picks 30 and 34, especially on the ESPN mock, those are more high talent, take a swing for the fences. And Derek talked about uh, a week and a half ago or whatever, last year they took... Um, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and uh, he believed that they wanted, I forget the other guy's name. Um, the guy that Memphis ended up taking. I forget yeah. his name too, but. Whatever it was. Anyways, uh, those were like high floor, low ceiling guys, more of your role players. Do you guys think that is a thing that we might see again this year where they take the home run swings at two and 12, or if they trade up from 12, 
and then go the the high floor, low ceiling role players at thirty and thirty four. I I think that there is a strategy in place that whether it's thirty, thirty four, move package those, move up. After those first two picks, if you take swings, like I think shooting is prioritized. Like someone that you know is going to be a bona fide shooter, like you said, high high floor, low ceiling. I think that does make sense. Is that maybe sourced, Nicholas? Sourced from Taylor Joseph Peterson, baby. <laughs> I didn't know Joseph was your middle name. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's Brooksy's little name too. Know your pod uh, mates, dude. Middle name. <laughs> Are you yeah, named after right. Joseph Stalin? <laughs> God. Joseph Biden. Hey, actually, I was named after my grandfather. His name was Joseph. You asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You guys, you guys want to know my middle? Do you guys, do you guys even know my middle name? Right, round I table. Middle everybody's name. middle name. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Jake knows my middle name. <laughs> and Silva, I think maybe knows my middle name. At one point in time, I did, but you know, it's a new year. So my first and last name are Kamiar Morabian. But like if you actually pronounced it like the way Persians do, it's Kamiar Morabian. You guys want to know my middle name? It, yeah. It's, it's Austin, bro. Okay. What? Yeah. what? I thought my it was mom like is, that, that is my the mom Texan is white. side of him. Yes. <laughs> my mom's kind of like Indiana. an Oreo. You you bookend it with the darker <laughs> names and then you put the white one right in the middle. But it's it's convenient That's when incredible. like I go to restaurants. It's very convenient. Like, hey, who like what do you want to put the name under? I just put it under Austin. That way, I don't, like <laughs> like when they start to stutter, like I already know it's me. But it's just convenient. It's very that nice. Is That's awesome. very true. Very true. Um, <laughs> so back to the draft. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, talk about these mocks because we just had an ESPN one come out. We'll probably have one or two more ESPN ones come out. Uh, we'll have a handful more Bleacher Report ones come out. We'll have a few more ones from The Athletic, from SI. Uh, all these mocks will continue to come out. How much stock should we put in the mock drafts? Like, I, I think I think I'll probably speak for everyone on this podcast. We all just collectively chuckled. Yeah. Well, I think I think it depends on who's putting it out because there's and, yeah. and and Derek talked about this too on the pod is there's some folks that cover the draft that their insights and big boards and drafts are Intel based. Not that they know the Thunder taking this guy at 12 if he's there, but like you, you get a feel for who they like, who they don't like. If you know for a fact Oklahoma City hates Jeremy Sohan at 12, you're not going to put him on your mock at 12. So I think it yeah. depends on who it's coming from to answer your question in a short way, Jacob. That's Definitely. a good point. So, well, so with that being said, Nick, literally like every mock we see right now, has Chet at two. Like for me personally, it's not, it's, it's very difficult for me to sit back right now and think that anybody but Chet is going to be on this team in three weeks. Do you yes. guys feel that same way? Totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how everybody's comfortable putting out a quick tweet. Oklahoma city's fascinated with Jaden Ivy or the thunder love Jaden Ivy, but ain't one of those dudes putting Jaden Ivy at two on their mock to the thunder. Yep. That's kind of what I Hedging, bro. You need to yeah. give them clicks. And vice versa. Okay. Like you don't see people putting out that the Thunder are not concerned about Chet's uh physical <laughs> or his, his medicals. I think will be you know, I'm with you. I think the the other thing to add there, Nick, is um I think you're spot on in terms of who is putting out the mock draft, but also the timing of the mock draft. Because as we get we're still a month out from the draft. Something else that Derek was touching on 
I know Kevin O'Connor's touched on this as well. The closer you get to the draft, the more intel teams typically have. For example, um, I, I and we'll probably get into this. I think this was on the on the docket, if I remember correctly, Jacob. But like Poku, right? Uh, we started to see more and more of Poku's smoke closer and closer to the draft. Uh, but in this situation, we're so far out. I don't put a ton of stock into it, other than you know some of the like Nick said, some of the analysts that I trust that. I know they have dug deep into these prospects and that can provide valuable insight and they like that fit with OKC. So for that reason, I take, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I think it's a little too early as well to Nick's point. Is, is there something there with Blake Wesley though? Like I think everyone mocking Chet at two. I've been wondering that too. That, that's that, that's, to that's obvious. Blake and- Wesley, I've, I've followed him for like, he's one of my favorite prospects. He's like the, bones highland of this draft just like a bucket getter fun to watch he's been like 16 kind of slipped to 20 slipped to 25 it's kind of interesting to see a brand new week of mocks and he all of a sudden is 30 is a pick where it's like there's a lot of variability leading up but for two mocks to have him at 30 i wondered that as well nick i thought the exact same thing and you know what else to add to that the combine was two weeks ago pretty much run the nose like two weeks ago because two weeks ago was when a little over two weeks ago is when we had the lottery. And all we heard was Caleb Houston is backing out from the combine. He's not doing, does he have a promise? Is it to the thunder at 30? The thunder love to promise guys, Caleb Houston, OKC, yada, yada. We don't hear any of that anymore. And now you see Blake Wesley on two different mocks at 30. I wonder it, Am I like going QAnon crazy conspiracy theorist here? Or is like is this an actual thing? You know, it's could be coincidence for sure, but it's interesting. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of variance in those picks. Yeah. So guys, talking about the validity of mocks, should we trust them? Real quick. In 2020, or sorry, 2021, just last year, from post lottery all the way up into draft day, that month, we heard that OKC was going to take Jonathan Kaminga. We heard a lot of Scotty Barnes. Towards the end, it was James Booknight, James Booknight, James Booknight. They don't take any of those guys, right? They take a guy that was mocked, I think, at the highest point at 10 in Mushkiddy. In 2020, mocks had OKC taking guys like Malachi Flynn or Cole Anthony at pick 25. Jaden McDaniels, Zeke Naji at 28. The Thunder ended up making a trade up and taking Poku. Now, as Taylor mentioned earlier, There was a lot of smoke around Poku, right? The agent he hired used to work for the Thunder. The Thunder had scattered him heavily. A lot of people believe that that was OKC's target. OKC traded up one spot ahead of Dallas because the Thunder knew Dallas wanted him as well. Let's go back to 2019. ESPN and The Athletic both had OKC taking Nick Claxon, the big man out of Georgia at 21. Could you imagine if they took Nick Claxon? Yeah, they take Darius Baisley instead. These mock drafts have really not pinned the thunder down. Is Should we not believe anything we're reading right now? I feel like it's easier to get. So on, mock drafts in general cast such a wide net on, on these prospects, but I do feel like it's easier to pin down what's going on at the very, very top uh, just by process of, of elimination. Like if, if teams get intel that, Jabari is going to the magic is going to select Jabari. It'd be much easier to dictate and guess who's going at two, um, especially if you know generally what the guy's 
uh, Sam Presti likes is. So, yeah, no, I think it's it's you should believe some of it, but there is like Nick and Taylor and Kami I were saying earlier. There's such a there's a lot of context that goes into building these mocks. Like if Sam Presti, like I'm sure I said this on a Twitter space recently. If I'm sure Sam Presti does like Jaden Ivy, but there's a reason why no one is tweeting Sam Presti's going to take Jaden Ivy at two. I'm sure he does like him, and he'd be awesome on this team, but tough. But at at the end of the day, too, in in response to that Silva, like I kind of view like all these mocks as a these writers have to do it. I mean, like everybody expects mocks now. Uh, second, I I think I kind of view it almost like if you have ever played fantasy ba- uh, NBA basketball or fantasy football, that you once people start drafting you can kind of see where they're going or what they should select uh, if you were actually paying attention to everybody's draft boards. And so like these guys are saying, okay, the the first pick that keeps on getting named is Jabari Smith. Everybody wants Jabari Smith Jr. You know, that's what everybody thinks. And they're like, okay, well, OKC needs a center. Um, and they've needed one for the longest time. Heck, they even tr- tried to trade up for Evan Mobley last year. And so like, the more you get into the draft, the more you see who's most valuable and who maybe m- might fit teams the most. And then writers kind of also, uh, especially ones with sources, uh, actually start to make more bold attempts towards the ends, uh, uh, the end right near the draft, um, whether that's ingen- uh, disingenuous or just because that's what they're hearing at the moment, just because for clicks uh, and or hedging. I don't know because like you said, last year, all we heard was book knife, like the last two weeks and everybody was YouTubing James book night highlights because they're like, well, that's what OKC is getting. Uh, we even had shirt ideas. Ready I was about for to it. say how, there was how many certain podcast local podcasts? titles had the word book night in it. Gosh, <laughs> and it, it's so it's just it's just unnecessary evil. I mean, I don't think we should put too much stock into it. I mean, especially with OKC, you have to wait for the freaking commissioner to get up there and be like yep this is what okc's pick is most often because they don't let anything out yep i've, I've got a quick roundtable question jacob okay go ahead so last year and this will be a little bit different but last year at pick six i think if if we all would have had this same question in front of us like if there was a wild card who does sam press to take at six i don't think any of us would have said josh giddy probably so I'm going to ask the question now, and if it comes to fruition, we'll plug you on, on the Twitter. We'll do all that stuff, right? So let's say that at number 12, there's a player that Sam Presti takes that's not in this consensus. Like, I think we all know what this consensus, like, 12 range is, like, who the, the popular names are. If, if Sam takes a guy that is not one of those names, and you had to guess who it was today on this pod, who are you going with? Oh, I don't want to give up my high-riser, Nick. Does, Ma- does Malachi Branham? count as the consensus I think he's, he's in that range he's okay, in that so range. i can't choose malachi all what right uh, okay so i'm going to say my actual answer because he's my riser <laughs> and my draft crush and i've been waiting on the podcast to announce it however um what about like Jaden hardy like take a swing on a guy like a hardy who high upside um that one would struggle me a lot <clears throat> my, i know but like guys. that kind of fits the the ivy stereotype that we've been hearing about i don't know mm-hmm. i've got ty ty washington Ugh, oh gross. that's a good one why why I, that's I a don't, good one i don't i don't i don't i'm not high on ty ty at all but i think I'm if there either. is a guy that like we look at it and we're like yeah it kind of makes sense for sam like he's a guy that didn't get to play much point guard at kentucky 
is probably the best pure point guard in the class. I hadn't got to show it. And he had an 18 assist game last year. Like he's got the tools. He's not, I hated the Shea comps everyone was trying to make during the college mm-hmm. season. Like that's not, that's not it. But I think like if you, what we thought Teo could be like that perfect backup point guard. Right. No. Ty Ty Washington could actually be your backup point guard for the next decade. And we talked about this, I think a week or two ago about, or I, at least I talked about it, how OKC, I mean, like you're going to need a third point guard to take pressure off of Shea and Josh. And I mean, I know Trey and Luke can handle a little bit, but you kind of want a pure guy out there and that would kind of make sense. And like, I, that's a guy that I also thought was a guy that could be a little bit of a riser uh, like Taylor was alluding to earlier as well. Jacob, JD, you're not getting out of this. Yeah, Branham, Branham was going to be my primary pick, so I think I'm going to throw something else out there. Let's throw something else out there. How about Atari Eason? Okay. Ooh. I know. I know. He's, I know. he's I don't, polarizing. I know. Some people would die on the hill that he's a top 10 guy in this class. Others are like, don't touch him. Agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got I got two names. Can I okay. pick two? Yeah, yeah. Double, the, double the odds. You're right. Yeah. Let's go. I like, I like pick twos. <laughs> I'm going Jalen Williams. Yeah, I was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Leonard Miller. Oh, oh good my God. God. Leonard Miller. No. I don't think they'll take Leonard Miller at 12. They'll good take Leonard God. Miller at 30. I like your Williams pick, though. I was I was going to mention that. Why, Le- why, Le- why Leonard Miller? Why does that name cross your brain right now? Um, Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Raw athlete. Yes. Crazy Horrific long. shot. Horrific. Only 18 years old. Bad. Garbage well, then go, jumper. Then go, Dude, then we're go, chicken boxes here, baby. Go, go Zhang at that point, you know. I mean, this is like 18-year-old Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> check, check, and check. So back to the mock stuff. I mean, like, hey. Silva, you know? I think you're you're on to something in the fact that I think if we went back and we looked at mock drafts for the past 10 years and we looked at the top five picks. I would say the accuracy of like Sam Vecini and Jonathan Gavoni and um, all, all these other mock guys, uh, Jeremy Wu. I would say the accuracy in the top five. What What do you guys think? 80, 90% accurate on their mocks for the top five? It's maybe one guy a year years? that moves up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for the last last year, it was Scotty Barnes in place of Jalen Suggs, right? Pat Williams. Yes. Yeah, Scotty Rosen. Mm-hmm fast uh-huh pat will's a good one too i think whenever you get past pick five the variance starts getting too large it's so hard because you don't know who's going where what trades yeah. are being made does this guy rise and it pushes all my board back a pick i think it's hard to trust mock drafts especially for the okc thunder but i think at pick two you can put a little more stock into it do you guys think that's fair I yeah do. no doubt because like there's this consensus top three, right? And one of them include, or two of them include uh, a center. And OKC, as we know, wanted a center badly last year. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, Chet gets gets comps to um, uh, Evan, Mobley. Evan Mobley, thank you. That may, And they wanted Evan Mobley last year. I wonder if there's there's... Some strings hey, to be. I, I just want you guys to there. know that uh, Paolo Banquero, he hates uh, the Thunder because he's from <laughs> Seattle because he was six years old when the team. Yeah, what, what, hey, I heard. Go again. What I wasn't that, that video posted yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, yeah. He recorded like, that yesterday at his house, right? Like, like 
his grandma's base basement. But that, actually, but like, that, that was the like clip. Us. It was cut off as soon as that happened. Like there, I'm, I'm sh- like, yeah, yeah. I disliked things when I was six too. Like for example, like putting uh, cheese on hamburgers. Like you know, things change when you get paid millions of dollars and you yeah. are actually playing with a decent team with a good core. It's like it's and, like and if, if I, I I was born in Dallas. If Jacob was interviewing me and said, you know, you you were born in Dallas, you know, are, are you a fan of the Mavs? And I said, you know, and I never really liked the Mavs and then cut off the video. That doesn't mean I hate the Mavs. Yeah, it just means I didn't like them growing up. Yeah. You know? And like, also he recorded that video. I think when he was I, that was tongue in cheek earlier. He was like a junior in high school. Call me and I teach juniors in high school. They say a lot of dumb stuff. We were all juniors in high school. We say a lot of we said a lot of dumb stuff, right? I still say we. St- I still say dumb stuff. What are you talking about? That, that is, I mean, just listen to the first thirty-one minutes of this podcast, right? It's true. We're saying a lot it's of true. dumb stuff. Uh, any more thoughts on on the topic of mock drafts? Just they're that fun. I agree. Yeah, they're agree fun. With- it gives us content to talk about on a podcast. Yeah. Shout out Jonathan Gavoni. <laughs> Taylor, what are you saying? I, just that I agree that I think Chet is still that pick number two, even with the Ivy smoke, more and more Ivy smoke coming out. But I think Chet's the guy. But Ivy's when the Thunder so trade up smoke, from 12 like to get Ivy right at four, you know, Chet and Ivy, it'll make sense. All right. Before <laughs> we move on to commercial break, I want to ask you guys, not what we're seeing in mock drafts, but you personally, risers and fallers for the Thunder at, at, not really two, but at 12, like who are some guys that you're now starting to get a little more into like, Oh, this would be a great pick at two, or if we traded up from two. And then who are guys that you are really falling behind on? I also see that Nick wanted to ask a question before I said that. So Nick, go for it. Yeah. So it's very off topic, but I really wanted to ask you guys' opinion because I've been thinking about it. There's four teams without a pick in this draft, mm-hmm. Nets, Lakers, Suns, Jazz. You assume one or two of those teams probably wants to get in the draft, whether it's late first, early second. For pick 34, what kind of pack would you would you be looking for from one of those teams? Is it a future first, knowing all those teams are pretty good and it could be, you know, 28, 29, 30 next year thereafter? Like like what what does it take for you to go for 34? I Yo, bet I, I take I, 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 I take any picks from the Lakers. I would take any picks from the from the damn Lakers. You know they're about to be trash because they are the crypt keepers over at the crypto center. Uh, like they the mortgage their future for a a championship in the bubble, and they're never going to get back. Got that, that Mickey they, Mouse they, trophy. They, Julius Randle's gone. Ingram's gone. Uh, Hart's gone. Uh, what whatever it is, big baller Lonzo? brand, Lonzo's gone. Big like brand. All, all Lonzo, those dudes, like Lonzo they're all, they're and all big gone. Baller brand left. But and University of Oklahoma legend Austin Reeves is there. It's wild. Also known as Hillbilly Kobe. I would trade. I, yes, I I would take any picks from the Lakers because I know about they're they're about to be garbage regardless for the next Nick, however many years. The problem is, is I don't think they tires. can trade a, a trade a first until like twenty twenty eight. Yep. So. We might all be dead by then. It's to, true. To Kamiar's point and Nick's question, I think a lot about the Jazz. Um, there's Tony Jones of The Athletic, obviously, uh, probably my favorite Utah Jazz follow, at, very plugged in with the Jazz. They're having lots of uh, draft workouts 
without having a pick, which means that they're very, <laughs> very interested in trying to trade up and get I one of those picks in the second. They had first. lots of issues. <laughs> they do that have is also a, true. Which is to your point, Kami Art, great great transition is is why I think that that would be great as well, because you know, you don't really know what the jazz right now with all the instability. I think you could get two seconds for pick 34. Would you do that? I don't think you're taking four rookies in this class. So yeah. Yeah. But what if those two picks are like 50 and 55 and like three years and like 34 is a great pick. I think, I think honestly. you, it is a good, you make, you make sure they're unprotected and you kick them down the road. I also think, do you guys, th- I don't want to get super off track. Do you guys think a trade down or a trade up is more, more likely for OKC this year? Down. 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 Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think up. I'm going up. Now, are, we saying down, are we saying down means closer to one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. I know. Okay. I, I interpreted the opposite. The draft yeah. board. <laughs> Wait. Said, yeah, that's, that's confusing because numbers, yeah. you know, oh. they go up. Do you think they're going to they trade down. up closer to number one or do you think they're going to trade down, <laughs> down closer to pick 30? Yeah, I was down. thinking down, like uh, trade back from like two from 30 or whatever. Yeah. Pick two I, for 30? No. I'm kidding. I'm trade kidding. down two <laughs> spots. From... <laughs> I think they're more likely to trade up if they could package those 30 and 34s. I mean, like, We're why wouldn't you? Why pick. wouldn't yeah, like yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like you, you could do that. Um, I mean, I, I just don't see OKC. Uh, we said this last year too, right? I don't, sure. I don't so so yeah. you see OKC taking all these players, and then they did. Uh, At some point, I, they but, can't though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can always go to the G League, but could be a players. <laughs> another could be another uh, United States draft and stash. We could always we could always relive I mean, the, those memories. Thirty pick thirty four. I don't care who it is. Like plug in any name that's on any mock in the top fifty. Would you rather have that player or Teo Roby Waters like that crew? That's my thing. A, like, yeah, take a swing. Yeah, yeah. If, swing. If, if you draft yeah, four guys in this class, me. I don't think it's all that hard to find those four roster spots. Which brings well, us right back to Blake Wesley, baby. And and, and so, I think it depends on what OKC is trying to like do in the short term. Play the sounder. What the dog doing? <laughs> Jesus, what a moment! I love when I get to do that. <laughs> That's golden. Rising and smaller. So, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that who, was on who's, me. Who's rising for you as far as like your personal interest at 12 or a trade up candidate? And who's falling off for you at, at that 12 spot as a guy that you're not super interested in? I'll kick us off. A faller for me. I just really don't want him to take Usman Jang. That just I'm doesn't get me. Why, why? That just doesn't get me super exciting. I, I don't know. It's just a thing. Yep. Just a personal opinion. Interesting. What's what? What's you. the personal opinion? What? What, what is the reasoning? <laughs> Teo's like, French. He's French. <laughs> no, that's not really it. I love our followers from France. God, I I worry that he's like this high upside player, but high how high really is the upside? Like when we talked to Derek a couple of weeks ago, like not we Mitch made, McGarry high. No, not that high. Not that God, high. That, that 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 takes a lot. Uh, we talked like a Nick Batum ceiling for him. Like that doesn't get me super excited. You know, I don't know who, who are, who are some guys in that range that is falling off for you guys personally that you're just not into. Dyson got ones. What? Take yep. it back. Take it back right now. Wow. I'm not taking it back. No, 
it's just it's i mean okc wants again guys that can play uh multiple kind of like positions high q um and dyson daniels to his credit has been doing pretty well in the nbl right but at the same time i don't know how much re- redundant kind of stuff they want like that at that position uh, i think they'd be more likely to take uh a kind of like a pure center uh in in jalen duran that even though he's six nine is very tough it is more pure center pure centery uh, than anybody that would be on the team at this current point, other than Derek favors, I guess who plays the five a lot now. Uh, but I just, I think my, 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 I, I, I guess I've already outed myself as my riser, right? Jalen Duran, but my faller, of course, I think it's Dyson Daniels. Do you think he's too redundant with Josh Giddy? I, yeah, I think he is like way too, way too much. I've got an unpopular faller. All right, let's hear it. Let's do followers first, and then we'll go around and get everybody's riser. Who's your follower, Nick? Only because it's like anti-everybody that's smart at the draft. Uh Jalen Williams. I I just, I'm not there watching him in person. I I don't have all the league intel. And and I I don't disagree or say that reporting is false when teams say they love Jalen Williams and he's skyrocketing. But I just can't wrap my head around. You've, You've got tape you've got scouts that have watched this guy for three years. And at the end of that third year, he's still a second round grade from everybody. Mm. And then he goes and does three days of workouts. And all of a sudden he's a lottery pick. Like he he went to a small school, Nick. It's it's like, it's like sample (laughs) size, right? Like if he was this, if, if he was a guy that left Santa Clara, small school for three years and was like, this guy's something like he's a, a 20s pick, and then he rose up to the lottery. Sure. This dude, if you go back to any mock draft, big board, podcast, anything at the end of the college season, nobody has a first-round grade on this guy. So like him sneaking into the first round, I get it. The lottery, how? I think that's fair. I think that's really fair. You know, Nick, I think you can make that same argument for Shaden Sharp. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Derek talked about, I keep plugging the Derek file. It's a really good podcast. He talked about Shaden was like ranked like 30 in his class and then did three days at Peach Jam and jumped to number one. Yeah. Like you yeah. want to talk about small sample size and you want to talk about a swing. I think that's why you see Shaden sliding. Like yeah. when we talk about swings, we're talking about like the metaphor of taking a home run swing and trying to knock the ball out of the park, but you might strike out. The swing on, on Shaden Sharp to me at this point is like you're instead of using a baseball bat, you're using a yardstick and you're blindfolded. <laughs> like you're like, gonna have to slap the shit out of that ball to get it to go yeah. out of the park. Right? At the same, I, at the same time, I think about the differences between the NFL Combine and the NBA Combine. In the NFL Combine, teams will straight up just draft players strictly off of measurables, how fast you can run, how many weights you can lift, you know, cone drills, etc., and that's it. Whereas NBA Combine you put on a full clinic of the skills you actually possess. And it's not like there's no people impeding you. It's not like you're just like, you know, being defended by chairs and gyms. Like they're actually guys that are in your face, like kind of like an, you know, like an NBA team. Uh, Like they would do that. And so I think that's like a, there's a big difference between what we see the NFL combine and the the NBA combine, which makes me trust those evaluations more, uh, more, but that doesn't also mean that like, it's a little bit sus that you go that far up in a matter of a couple of days. 
yeah. you might have just had That's a really fair. good couple of days. Yeah. Silva, who's your follower? I have a tandem. Uh, it's both of the more traditional bigs in this draft. Uh, we talked about that a bit earlier, so I won't rehash what we already said. But yeah, Duran and Mark Williams. I used to uh, really want My them. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I used to really want to pair them with Chet, specifically to cover up his weaknesses that he, I think, will have the first few years of his career, uh, just being slight of frame. I thought it'd be awesome to have a guy like Duran who's big and physical um, right next to him to help him out. Uh, I do still think that would be helpful. But at 12, I don't think you should be drafting to cover up for the guy you got at two. Uh, I think you can get a lot more value out of that spot that I'll talk about in the riser section. Um, yeah, just kind of falling off of the center thing. Count me out. I was I mean, earlier in the pod, I was going to make a hot take that neither of those two centers, Williams or Duran, will go in the lottery. But I just can't get over Charlotte at 13. I think they'll mm-hmm. take one of them. Taylor, who's yep. your follower? Uh, I also had Williams on my list. Um, but the two I really like was thinking between. I won't dive deep into them because I know we've gone long on this. But uh, Tari Eason as well as Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp more so because of some of the things I've read um, from The Athletic, other reports about just kind of how his camp has handled the whole situation uh, post high school going to Kentucky all that stuff as well as a limited film that we, we we've discussed and then Tari is is somebody who I originally was high on thought he could be like why isn't this guy higher on boards and the more I, I kind of dive deep into him I worry a little bit about that pull-up shooting I worried about his offhand um, I worry about the turnovers I think there's a bit of a reason maybe that he was a six-man on that LSU team and, and not a starter. Tari Eason is one of those guys that's falling for me. Nick, who's your riser? The guy that is becoming more intriguing for you as a thunder prospect at 12 or in a possible thunder trade up. Yep. Um, not a, not a new riser, but still, I'm probably still higher on him the most. I'm going to pick him. Jeremy Sohan. There's, Things you can teach in the league. There's things you can easily improve. Uh, easily, there's things you can definitely improve on in the league. And and one of those things is shooting. And that's his knock. Like you go to Thunder Twitter and they're like, screenshotting his three point shooting numbers and saying like, we've done this before. These these guys can't shoot. Like whatever. He can defend at a high level. He does the things you need to win. He plays with a high motor. He can he can literally guard one through five. Um, I just think that a, a guy with so much defensive upside and, he, and he's not a bad offensive player. Like he can't shoot, but it's not like he's, he's a non offensive player. Like he, he can cut, he can slash, he can, you know, backdoor cut, he can do all these things and, and score the ball without shooting. And I do think his shooting can come around and he's got great size. He's got an NBA ready body. All that to say, like, if you're going to take a guy at 12 and if we're choosing a guy that's we're, we're higher on than others. It's still him. Like, I, I don't get the knock. He's awesome, in my opinion. You can find shooters to play, like, it, 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 whether it's in the draft, uh, upcoming drafts, not even just this one, or in free agency, or, it, like, obviously low-tier free agents, whatever it may be. I'm with you, Nick. You don't even need him to be to develop a jumper to be a very effective player for your team long-term. Kamir, you kind of hinted at your riser earlier, but tell us again and why. I I had I had Duran. I mean, um, because I I know you can't, I know you cannot really 
um, depend on Chet to really be setting hard screens his first few years in, in the NBA. I mean, he, he'll hit he'll hit those sl- slip screens, especially after the three point line, which could be really fun for OKC. Uh, and having a center or a big man do that, he would probably play like power forward on offense, but center on defense. Who knows? Or just power forward just all the, the entire the entire way. For being honest, um, and I, I just think I think Duran is a guy that is your more classic center. Uh, he is physical. He likes to get kind of like I don't want to say. Uh, like he, he went like, like pop said, you know, he wants to get nasty. I mean, the dude wants to dunk the ball. The dude wants to get above the damn rim, swat crap out of everywhere. Um, it just, it, so he's one of my risers. Um, and of course I I'm coming, I'm coming around on the idea of Sohan. Um, but I also can't escape Jang for some reason. Uh, I just like what he already offers and what his possibilities could be in OKC as already a guy that can turn the corner off the screen and just like get buckets in the mid range where OKC kind of like had a lot of success, of course, within the CP three year, but also just has success with in general. As it relates to Duran preach. I love it. I agree with all of it. Silva, who's your personal riser and your preference for the thunder? I'm going to, cheat again a little bit and say a tandem um specifically goodness i know uh specifically these two guys i think uh are rising for me because of the value i think we can find with them at pick 12 i think one of them is going to slip and that's uh, either johnny davis or aj griffin i think one of them could slip to 12 and i would love getting either of them for for different reasons aj griffin uh we all know what he shot in college like 46 percent from three that's not going to translate to the nba he's not going to come in and shoot 46 percent but uh, I can't think of many guys that OKC has had in general with that that project to be that kind of shooter. So I would love to get that. And um, I mean, assuming his medicals are okay, you think he can get back to somewhere close to the athlete he was, mainly for defensive reasons. I think he would be awesome next to. I mean, if I mean, if you're starting Shea, Dort, Giddy, Griffin, Chet, like any of those guys, um, that, I think that'd be awesome. Um, and then Johnny Davis, a uh, little bit different than AJ Griffin, of course. I, I'd like how Johnny Davis would fit in between Shea and Giddy defensively, uh, especially I think he'd cover up for some of their for some of their mistakes and grow more as a shooter. So yeah, either of those guys falling at twelve would be sick. Taylor, who do you got? So just uh, I don't have time to dive into this honorable mention, so I'm just going to fire off a like scorching hot hot take. All right, and I'll save it for another pod, another time, another day. I think Ben Matherin could be the best wing out of this draft including Jabari Smith Jr. But again, that's an honorable mention. We'll say that for a, uh, another pod another time because my riser is my draft crush. I've been waiting for this. I, I alluded to it earlier in the podcast. My draft crush crush for this NBA draft in 2022 is Dalen Terry out of Arizona. I love Terry. Weird. I did not. Again, same team. But I am uh, very, very high on Dalen Terry. I think he's going to be a fantastic prospect. I he He's not similar to Josh Primo in any sense. They aren't similar prospects, but I think he could be that kind of guy that you see a team. For example, like Oklahoma City Thunder taking him at like pick 12, like Nick alluded to earlier, because they're willing to bet on that upside. Um, he's a prospect that a lot of people I think thought would go back to Arizona, especially now that Matt Matherin is out of the picture, where he can kind of take over and be one of the main guys. Um and instead, he decided to stay in, which leads me to believe he he has a pretty good idea of um, where he will be selected in the draft. I know 
he, he performed really well at the combine. There, apparently, a lot of teams were were very uh, excited about him post interviews and things. But the the biggest thing for me is just a freak athlete. We're talking about a six seven, yeah, six seven. Uh, I think one hundred ninety five pound guard. So you think of Shea, he's six six, giddy, uh, kind of a, a, another guard of that mold that you can play at a more of a wing position. Um, freak athleticism you see him flying high running in transition but he, he also possesses ability to put the ball on the floor and create for teammates uh, in fact shout out to our no ceilings friends on on nba draft twitter who um, and their um their big board their draft guy they put out actually said that Daylon terry could potentially be the best passer in this draft of any other prospects which i find really interesting especially reviewing some of his tape um the three-point shot needs some work. It has a very strange hitch, but at the same time, it it worked pretty well for him. I think he was like 37, uh, 36.4% from deep. All that to say, Daylon Terry, I mean, we're going long here. Uh, I really, really like Daylon Terry a lot, and he is my riser. If you like him, you like Josh Minot. That's my second-round steal. I, I do like Minot as well. Uh, not as much as Terry, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'd be happy with him on the th- this Thunder team also. Mine real fast, kind of coming around on Johnny Davis. I think he could be Lou Dort with a little more <laughs> two-way, juice. baby. Join the club. Lou Dort with a little more juice. He's got good size, good defender. I don't know. I wouldn't be upset. I really think if you put those wings in a bag, Dyson Daniels, Johnny Davis, Ben Mather, and AJ Griffin. In a bag. Put the wangs in the bag. I would uh, I would take any of them. So uh, before we get to some Twitter and Reddit questions, Silva, let's play the ad. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to cottonbureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we got some questions from Twitter and Reddit. We're going to take the best ones. Kind of rapid fire already at 54 minutes. We don't want to spend too awful long. Uh, so here we go. First one is from Josh Pridemore on Twitter, at Josh Pridemore 35 If the draft goes as expected with no trades for OKC, what is your guess for the record next season? Ooh, I want to get crazy. Do it. <laughs> hey, th- is this... Is this is this us expecting everybody's going to play, or is this going to be people are going to be sitting down at the end of the year again? You've got to guess. What, what, yeah, let's just. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, if everybody if everybody's going to play, I say OKC possibly get 35, 36 games, thirty wins, wow. 30, 35, That's 30, 36 wins. That's what I was thinking. I was going to say thirty seven. Ooh, Shay Shay and Giddy like they elevated the team uh, too much. And even the defense kept them in games late down the stretch is for, is infuriating. I'm going 20, 26. Sounds like a lot of pain next year. I've got 23. Got Ooh. 27. Like, Ooh. I think Oklahoma City is going to improve, especially if guys play the whole season. But I still couldn't name three Western Conference teams they'll be better than. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Nick is, Nick is prices riding me right now. <laughs> can't go over that if you go over you bust so uh, Lord have mercy bust. Bust. <laughs> baba was that last off what was that last offer 250 250 i'll go 251 those sons of people right in the face 250 and a half yeah jeez. all right uh, next one uh from reddit user good vibrations says if okc drafts chet or jabari and relegates Lou to the fourth option on offense. What are some realistic shooting splits we can expect for Lou? I think it's I think it's a guarantee Lou's gonna be the fourth scoring option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if he's I think on so the team. too. But so, so what do you think he shoots? For reference, last year he was thirty three percent from three on, god damn, nearly eight attempts a game. He was forty nine percent from two for a collective field goal percentage of forty percent. What can we expect from him next year if he's getting better looks, less looks? Uh, the I think the plan is to be more efficient. 37% um, from three on like very limited attempts, uh, primarily from the corner. 36.8%. Okay, from three? Price That's is very right specific. over here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I, I kind of worry about the, the lack of 
three-pointers, despite the fact that it would be open looks from the corner. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so I would say around 34% from, from three, but I think his, I think his uh, percentage from the field would go up uh, because he's getting cleaner looks, especially at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say up, upwards of 50%, upwards of 40, 48, 49, 50, 52, over, upwards somewhere there. Okay. 47, five and 33, three, mm-hmm. 33, three would be fine. That's, I mean, shit, that's what he shot this year. Yep. 33, yeah. two is what he shot this year. I'll say he gets up to 35% from three, which is the important number. I so. would hope to, if those attempts go down, you know? Uh, yeah. Next one from Reddit user. Uh, I think this is supposed to be from Seattle to OKC. What are your dream targets at pick 30 and 34? Uh, he says, I love Braun, tough, competitive shooter, and underrated athlete. I'll take the first one here. Is his name David Roddy? Yeah, David Roddy out of the uh, Colorado Are you joking State. or are you serious? I, I don't Dude, like Roddy, Roddy either, Roddy, Nick. And Roddy with so the much body. Time. Send him mm. my way. I'm in. Mm. Ugh, I'm with you, Nick. I, I'm so tired of the Roddy hype. I don't like Roddy. Well, I don't like you. I'm gonna say he, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Caleb Houston. Like that? I like I I like what he could bring. He kind of gives you what Lindy Waters is doing now. Uh, a guy that can shoot from the outside. Uh, he's he comes from uh, Juwan Howard's Michigan guys, um, and I just I I really like that fit and what he could do in OKC. I will eat crow because before the season. I was hyping up Caleb Houston in our Slack saying, I think he's a top 10 guy and he did not look like a top 10 guy by any stretch. But I think if you were to go back to school, come back another year um, and then go in the 2023 draft, he could be a lottery pick. And I think I agree with that. If there's a guy you think could be a lottery pick next year, take him now late. If he's there, that's a cop-out answer. And that's, that's not what people want to hear. So if I had to pick, I'll, I'll go the, Silva tandem. I got two guys here. Um, Jovic. I don't think he'll be there at 30. I think a lot of teams are high on him. I, I almost think if, if you don't go Zhang at 12 and you want like another project, he could be fun. Like six ten, plays point guard can facilitate has, has a good shooting stroke. Um, Bryce McGowan's yes. Doesn't Nebraska. get a lot of love and he does have some horrific shot selection. But if he averaged 15 a game in two or three years, I would not be shocked. I like the McGowan's, um, the Houston, the Max Christie. Christie um, oh, gosh. And there was one other um, as well, kind of in that tier of guys who may be coming out a little early, but I love taking a, a swing on them here. So that's kind of the, the tier of players that I'm looking at as well. If... This gentleman is still there at 30. I will sign on the dotted line. We've already talked about him. It's Blake Wesley. Yeah. I, I, without, yeah. That was the other one I was thinking. Yeah. Same yeah. tier. I agree. I'd be pumped. Agreed. From Reddit user, the real slim muffin. If you had to <laughs> nice. predict West playoffs next year, who do you think would actually be in the top <laughs> eight spots and who would be Ugh. in the playoffs or the play in? I'm sorry. Assuming mm. everyone is healthy. Ooh. So let's just go 10 teams from Ooh. the West that are going to be in the playoffs. If you're watching the stream, I've got 10 fingers up. I'm going to drop one every time we name a team. Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> Nuggets. Clippers. Nuggets. Clippers. Suns. Yeah. 
Mavs, uh, Grizzlies. Mavs, Grizzlies. You say Nuggets already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. we already say? Did we say Lakers? I I, I think they can actually make Lakers next year. Pelicans. No, I think we already said Lakers. Oh, we said Clippers. Oh, okay, we said Clips. Um, Silva says Pelicans. Jazz. What do we think about the Ooh, Jazz? I don't know about Jazz. Portland. I don't know about Portland. So we yeah, have let's Portland. Say, let's say Jazz. let's say Pelicans. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Pelicans. Hey, I like the Jazz. I, I want the Jazz here. I'd, over... I'd prefer Timberwolves because I think they might be a sneaky, like this is a hypothetical. Um, D'Lo for Julius Randle, like kind of mix up who your top three guys are and change positionally. I would absolutely bet on the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves are, are a lock. Timberwolves. Have we Utah? said Dallas yet? Yeah, we did say Dallas. Okay. Utah? It's got to be Utah. I would put Utah over the Houston OKC Spurs tier. So that puts the five that don't make it Houston, OKC, Sacramento, San Antonio, Portland. 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 So we're banking on Dame isn't a, isn't a member of the Blazers at the end of the next season. Or he gets hurt again, or I mean, his surrounding cast is just... We know Sacramento's gunning for the playoffs. That's we know tough. Portland is gunning for the tayo- playoffs. That leaves you Sacramento, OKC, and Houston. Which that's, is why I think the Thunder, even with their internal development and improvements, so have Pink a next good year. shot. That's why I, I can't, I can't think of three Western teams will be better than. Yep. I agree. From Reddit user Under Siege... Do you think there are any lessons to be learned for the Thunder from the Celtics or the Warriors for that matter? There's been much talk about whether certain players on the Thunder can fit long-term. The Celtics face even louder concerns about Tatum and Brown, and I think smartly just sat on the talent they had through some chaotic years and are now reaping the benefits. Any parallels for the Thunder? Yep. Three and D. We talk about the three and D guys and how they're covered to prospects. I think it's just even more apparent if you can shoot threes and or play D. Celtics are the D. Warriors are the three. Like it, it gets oh, you well, I, I was just thinking about the Celtics as three and D players. You got Derek White who's getting minutes. You've got um Grant Williams who's getting minutes. Um, I mean, I know Marcus Smart is even, their point guard, but he doesn't handle a whole lot. He's kind of a three and D guy. Even Al Horford could fit yeah. in that role. Yeah. As a three and D big. Again, we're we're talking about guys that are good at multiple things, mm-hmm. um, and that's like this kind of new iteration of the Thunder. You aren't just relegated to one particular role. Even Russ, you could say, was relegated to one particular role, which is get downhill after a damn screen and throw a screaming pass to somebody in the corner, or just give it to Katie. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yep. I agree completely. And you can you can look back as a contrast to that point. You can look back one series and see how many minutes Duncan Robinson played. He's he's the opposite of that. Yeah, uh, did, hardly played at all, and he's making eighteen million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about versatility. I think it's also hard. Sam Presti, I think even said this. Nick, you can correct me. You were probably at the at the interview where he said this, but they're not going to draft based off trends right now happening in the 2022 playoffs, they're going to draft based off how they want to build looking at the future. It's right. Not I think about you, following. It's about setting the next trend. I think they learned that lesson cashing in chips to go get Kendrick Perkins to battle guys like 
Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol, and then that ended up not really needing to be a thing. Right? Yep. That is all the questions we have for today. I think we're, we're probably out of time. We had a handful more. Uh, just not going to get to them. So thank you guys, though, for sending in those questions. We appreciate it. Uh, gentlemen, before we sign off for the evening, any parting thoughts about the Thunder of the Draft, life, uh, I trust Presty. Go see the new Top Gun. Oh, Top Gun, baby! It's good. I it's will. So good. I will co-sign both of those. You guys watch Stranger Things yet? I just nope. started it last night. Holy cow! Yep, it's intense. No it spoilers. Makes me, there's, 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 there's not many shows where I like emotionally like, like for example, I'm not going to spoil anything. Bullies, like I never wanted to like punch the TV screen. Yep, because of what I'm seeing in that show. You know, yep. how many episodes are you in? I am on it. Ep- as soon as we sign off here, episode four is getting fired up. Okay. Okay. Very good. I I watched episode two before we got on with my wife. So very good stuff. All right, Silva. Thank you guys so much for joining. If you were on the live stream tonight, we appreciate you. Make sure you sub to our YouTube channel. That's just the uncontested. So you can catch us live. We'll be live again here Sunday, 9 p.m. Central Time. We've got a handful of draft guests scheduled over the next couple of weeks, so make sure you tune in. Also, every Monday and Friday evenings, we are hosting Twitter spaces, so make sure you get on those as well. I will be hosting this Friday night. Uh, we'll tweet out the time that we're going to do that around noon on Friday, so make sure you follow the Twitter account. Until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you soon, and as always... Thunder up! This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.